Good afternoon and welcome to the Dungeon Musings Podcast. My name is Kevin Madison and I will be your friendly Dungeon Muser today. Uh, today I'm going to talk about, well, first I'm going to get some um, uh, call-ins uh, that we've had from uh, some of my players um, and uh, I'll answer those because I'm really fucking terrible at, at doing uh, call-ins and I, I get them, uh, I greatly appreciate when I get them and then I completely fucking ignore them because I'm a dummy. So let's start with some call-ins here uh, from some uh, recent episodes. Uh, first up will be uh, Colin from the uh, Terrific Spike Pit uh, podcast. Hello, Mr. Muser, sir. Spike Pitt here. Got a couple of things. Firstly, one-shots in a extended campaign. I think that's a great idea. I've experimented it with a little. Uh, I've experimented with it a little bit, where I've wanted to just try something out, and we, we've jumped out for a session, done a one-shot, and then got back to what we're doing. I've done it where we've flipped the tables, and the characters have played the monsters. But the second thing reskinning characters that are already in the campaign man why haven't i thought of that i thought recently that i'm swapping over to a different campaign and i'm just gonna like pour all the characters over but doing that for a one shot never entered my head i think it's a great idea so if uh if the option's there the chance presents itself count me in mate count me in all right, so thanks so much, uh, Colin. That was, um, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, Colin, for those who uh, may be unfamiliar with the uh, uh, games we've been running on the YouTube, uh, on the Dungeon Musings YouTube channel, uh, Colin is a regular player in our uh, Saturday uh, sessions, and he is awesome. A uh, uh, really great guy and a really uh, interesting uh, podcast as well, too. So uh, I am very grateful to have uh, you or to include you in um, our uh, uh, reskinned uh, or the res thing reskinned uh, uh, sessions that may be uh, coming up. Um, and then next up, uh, we've got another of my terrific players, uh, Carl Rodriguez. So, Carl, what do you have to say? Hey, Kevin, really cool podcast on the death and stuff and the different paradigms and rules, etc., and several different games. I disagree. I think you are a killer GM. You're just mean, all mean, mean all the time. Kill, kill, kill. All the PCs. I hate PCs. I can tell. Obviously, just kidding. Thanks for your games. It's been fun. Really, again, interesting stuff to, for me to think about as I run my games going forward, um, especially with the different parameters, and especially because we've um, run into similar adventures and run them and seen death all around. Take care. Thanks, Carl. I mean, I'm beginning. I nearly killed another character uh, in our Pathfinder uh, second edition game this past week, and then I, <laughs> I think I may have killed two more characters in an Ash game uh, from this past weekend. So I, I think you may have something there that I am a little bit more of a uh, lethal DM than what uh, I had, uh, what I had previously thought. But uh, thanks again for calling in. You're, you're uh, as with uh, Colin, you're a really terrific uh, uh, addition to uh, our Saturday uh, Ash game. So I really appreciate you playing, and I appreciate your call in as well too. Uh, I am very much looking forward to the, uh, um, it's still yet to be scheduled, uh, Starfinder uh, session that we'll be uh, playing with uh, you and uh, Jason Hobbs. I need to uh, uh, give you guys, uh, or uh, I think from this, uh, you've already uh, taken the dive into Starfinder anyway, so I think you're already quite conversant with it, but uh, I, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, still running a uh, military uh, uh, slash horror sci-fi 
uh, session for you guys. So uh, thank you very much for the call-in and for listening, of course. Uh, so apart from getting caught up in the call-ins, uh, too, I guess I've had something happen um, a couple of times recently, uh, and I watched, uh, there's a, a YouTuber whose, uh, his actual name I really don't know, but the, the uh, channel's name is uh, Philosophy Tube, and um, he recently had a really good episode uh, about um, trauma, like uh, sort of sort of like response to trauma, and I, I don't, I really don't want to trivialize the uh, the um, his episode uh, by re- referencing it in in terms of like gaming uh, stuff because I don't uh, certainly what I'm going to talk about is not necessarily the same, um, or and not even necessarily like, certainly not the same as as what uh, he had said that his episode was a lot about. Um, uh, men and uh, and trauma, and talking about his own experience with a really toxic relationship and the kind of effect it had, and um, it's a really really interesting listen. And his channel in general is a really interesting and thoughtful uh, exercise. So if if you haven't checked that out, um, I, you know it's worth giving one or two of them a try. It's not going to be for everyone, obviously, uh, but. Uh, I find his uh, he's got some really really terrific episodes about some really interesting and challenging um, concepts and, and uh, topics. But this particular one, what it got me thinking about is uh, one of the things he talked about or presented as a way of framing his discussion was uh, letting you know uh, voices in, kind of like things that will stick with you. And I think we've you know in a, in a nutshell way, like we can all think I think of things that people have said to us at one point or another throughout our lives that just stays, you know, like whether positive or negative, it's something that just, you know, gets stuck up in there and you just, you never, you know, it, it, um, doesn't necessarily, you know, inform every day to day thing, but it's one of those things that just, you you tend to, to go back to, you know, something that, um, uh, a parental figure or, uh, you know, an ex, uh, you know, a romantic partner or whatever, like someone at some point has said something to you that, has just, you know, stuck with you. And that can both be good and bad and, and whatever. I mean, we're all made up of the parts, you know, of, uh, of the different interactions we've had with other people. You know, we're not, uh, uh, no, what's the, the, the adage that no man is an island. Uh, and that's, that's very, I think very, very true. But the thing that got me thinking about is, is in relation to streaming, you know, and, uh, the, the more that you do, um, the more that you put yourself out there in terms of like social media, uh, the more you leave yourself open to both positive and, uh, and negative, uh, you know, comments as well too. anybody who has, um, you know, done, you know, any amount of, um, of time on, on, uh, YouTube or, uh, or, you know, uh, even this, this kind of podcast, um, you put yourself out there and then you're, you know, a podcast like this, it's more difficult to, to get direct negative feedback. I mean, someone must really fucking hate your material and really have a strong reaction to it. Uh, if they're going to call in, you know, take the time to bother to track you down and flip you an email and tell you, you know, how crappy your material is. And, and I'm, I've been fortunate so far to, to, you know, escape that. However, the YouTube certainly uh, makes it a lot easier for people to let their, um, opinions be known. And, um, you know, there's just something happened recently on, uh, on, one of my, uh, episodes and it just like, it did put me for a little bit of a loop, um, partly from who the poster was and partly because of how I, how I felt about the particular episode. And it got me, I don't know. I mean, uh, it got me thinking about that, the timing of that with that episode of, of like letting people's, 
uh, voices in your head, you know, uh, it got me thinking about um, the sort of streaming exercise in general. And, you know, uh, I, uh, I I thoroughly enjoy the, you know, hosting a channel. I enjoy the interaction with the audience that, that I mean, and it, like by no means is, is my audience, like it, I'm very grateful for everyone who has subscribed and everyone who participates in the, uh, you know, in the channel and in, in chat or who's shot me an email or has joined my games, you know, uh, over the course of uh, the time that I've been, uh, you know, streaming on, on and running things on YouTube. Um, but, you know, there are some things that just, uh, unfortunately, when you get certain comments, um, and whether it's by virtue of your, you know, just human nature to want to, you know, uh, to, to take things that are your own sort of, you know, um, self-doubts or your own kind of, uh, I don't know, self-perceived weaknesses or whatever else, and then just let those comments lodge in there. Um, there's that that comes with streaming sometimes, and there is also um, there's a uh, a feeling sometimes of just like where what you you know in order to properly respond to what it has been said, it would require a full dialogue. And you know um, what I wanted to talk about in this segment is just sort of like what what my approach has been, the way I've decided to respond to this, and um, you know and and. and I, I don't know. I mean, if anyone else is intending to um, to stream, what I thought quite a bit today about whether I actually wanted to address this on the, you know, on the podcast because I really pr- much prefer to deal with uh, positive things on this, and I certainly don't want to put. If anyone is on the fence as to whether you know it's it, to try out streaming games or or not, I certainly don't want to put them off just be by virtue of talking about this stuff. But I think that you know maybe just showing that there is strategies that you can adopt and also a way of of uh, approaching your stream that um you know that doesn't that contextualizes it so that you don't have to let those you know uh, those shitty comments uh into your you know uh into your sort of your space i guess and i mean that might seem to some as a very flaky kind of you know safe spaces kind of thing but I mean, um, what I'm hoping to do by this is for one to talk about this just because it is a, it's an experience I imagine that anyone who ventures into, um, streaming, especially for role-playing games is going to get, uh, from people sometimes, you know, and, um, and also, uh, to, to sort of, uh, suggest some strategies here because I, that is, I think a positive uh, response. So maybe first off, what I'll do is I'll talk about the you know, reasons, uh, for, for streaming, like the reason you do it in the first place. And, and my reason is to, to be honest, is to meet more players, right? Like, I mean, I, uh, I, for myself, I don't monetize my YouTube channel, uh, in any way. I don't, uh, I don't want a Patreon. I don't uh, run ads on it. Uh, I do run a charity, uh, initiative on it, uh, called Hero Save Villages that regular listeners will be very familiar with, uh, because I thought that that would be a kind of a cool way to, uh, to link up, um, to do something, you know, meaningful with the channel beyond just me playing games and talking about games and, you know, hoping for some, you know, likes and, and meeting new people and whatever. Um, but that's the thing, I, the reason I do is, is to meet people. Like, I, I find it a very great social experience. You know, I've got people who I've met on the channel who have become players in my games and I've got people who have become, you know, people I correspond with and on different things and I, I love that aspect. And the the correspondence and the dialogue I've had with the people I've met in the channel has been really terrific. Uh, not, not only just, you know, finding 
people of like minds, but also the people who have exposed me to new games or new ways of thinking about games or, or whatever. You know, it's a it's a really interesting, um, you know, uh, an interesting uh, way of seeing things. But I mean, the odd time, unfortunately, you do get comments. You know, and the way that I, for those who are unfamiliar, my the vast majority of my streams are or my uh, content on my YouTube channel is all actual play sessions. And I don't edit them. I don't, um, you know, cut out material. It's raw, you know, this is how it was streamed and this is how the game went. And there's a couple of reasons why I do it that way. One of which is, is that I don't, you know, um, I don't, um, I don't have the time, to be honest, to, to edit them down to being, a, you know, presented as if it's a, like a movie or, or like some of the more professional, you know, actual play uh, sessions or a series, I should say, like uh, critical role in all the different series that have tried to ape what uh, they do. And, um, and the other reason is, is that, you know, we, all of my games are actual, and I don't mean this as, as a, to suggest that even like close to most or even some of, not, not some, I mean, there are some, not all uh, actual play podcasts are um, you know, a great deal more theater than they are necessarily um, actual play. I genuinely feel like the people playing Critical Role are a group of, you know, honest to goodness friends who happen to play that way, you know, and they have found that in addition to their play, they also enjoy the interaction with the massive community and massive following that they have uh, accumulated in the course of their playing. But that, to me, still feels and rings very, very genuine. That's not the case with a lot of podcasts. I find that uh, I, a lot of other actual play sessions, I don't recognize what they're doing at the table or don't feel that it's authentically just people playing games. It feels like people performing for an audience. And I, I don't like the artifice of that. I, I feel like it is, it's not, what I don't know, I, I, I just don't enjoy it. I, I much more enjoy people actually playing the games. And for our channel, that's what I try to offer is, you know, as we're going through, I often will provide explanations for the people listening at home for what's going on or, you know, why we're making decisions a certain way. Um, we sometimes digress into uh, conversations amongst the players to talk about stuff because a lot of us have a great deal of experience running games or playing games and a bunch of different kinds of games. But, I mean, that that raw experience at the table, the things that go good, things that go bad, that is all captured, you know, on those things. And, and by virtue of that, that means we have sometimes good sessions, sometimes bad sessions. Um, and also we don't play with the same group of players all the time. So it is always a different group of people who are different players. You know, any role-playing game that has a section dealing with um, the types of players you're likely to see at the table, it will talk about the different, you know, how people get different things out of the games. And in a lot of my games, uh, I have very, very different people at the table, you know, and uh, some of those people are really, you know, quite extroverts and they, they love, uh, you know, taking charge of role-playing stuff. Some are more uh, passive players who prefer to kind of respond to what's going on. And, um, you know, some are, I mean, I, some are, are DM oriented, so they like kind of jumping in and trying to shape the story and help the party along. And some need a little more prompting sometimes to, to help sort of, you know, coalesce together. Uh, and some groups don't have that one personality, you know, in the group who will make the decision and kind of get things moving and then let other players play off of that. And, um, but because of that, there are, and then all, I guess in addition as well too, each session is, is often a different type of thing. So, and I run different games. So some games require more intervention and some don't and, and whatever. And, and also some games or some sessions will require more setting the table, which means that, you know, you need to sort of explain the way things are and the situation for the players and then let them play off of that. 
And I've had um, the frustrating thing I've had sometimes is, especially when there are uh, set up sessions, like when it's a session where we're sort of transitioning from one thing into another thing, and I need to fill in a lot of stuff. There needs to be an info dump, you know, um, to sort of set the stage for this is where we are now. This is what your options are and what you can do. What do you guys want to do? And I've had comments sometimes from people who, who I, I'm certain, I, A, I know they're not subscribers because I can check and see that. So it's, they've, they're randos who have jumped in and seen this. And then B, who give shitty advice or just shitty criticism of what you know I should be doing as the game. And the thing is, is I find that so infuriating because they're, you know, they're not looking at the body of the campaign, um, and I mean, and in fairness, sometimes there will be bad sessions, if I've had a bad session that just didn't come together the way that I intended, I'm happy to call that the way it is, you know, uh, but for some of these sessions, and in particular for the transition ones, when we've got new players, or we've got whatever else, um, it drives me nuts when I get comments from people about, like, you should let the players role play more, um, when uh, A, they're not recognizing what the purpose of those scenes are, because the two times I've had comments like that have been in um, uh, in scenes where it has been either new players, which means they needed to be brought up to speed as to where we were and, and what was going on so they can jump in with the party, or B, it's the start of a new transition, so we've gone to some new place and I need to set the scene to let the players go. And then the other thing is, too, is to not recognize who the players are, that you need to play to the players. And in both of those sessions, I had relatively passive players who were playing there. Players who don't, and by passive, I don't mean that as, as a pejorative. Um, I mean it meaning that they're players who are more responsive, and just some people are like that. You know, they, I tend to jump in and try and, like, chew up shit when I'm playing myself, but that's because that's my personality, and that's why I, I like playing. You know, and, and I'm, that's probably one of the reasons why I'm a DM more often is because I, I don't mind trying to move things along and and, uh, and keep the session going and try and, you know, give opportunities and reasons for other people to get involved. Um, but, um, yeah, just it... it uh, the, the, I, guess, I guess the reason that those two, um, you know, th those two things got under my skin so much, the two comments, is because um, a they didn't recognize what was really happening in that scene, so that was frustrating. And then B is, is also, you know, I'm always cognizant when I'm a DM that I, I don't want to be steamrolling past players. I really, really value when players get involved and get role-playing and jump in and, and help add to the to the narrative. You know, there's lots of, of uh, uh, games that I run that I specifically feed back to the players, or at least I think I do, to try and get their input on things, you know. And uh, sure enough, with both of those sessions, what I end up doing is going back and listening to the damn thing again, and I'm going to have those those voices in my head for the la for the next little while when I'm going through. And, and um it is infuriating. Like you can't, I, like I, I genuinely haven't talked to my players yet, so I don't know whether they felt that I was uh, steamrolling them past the, you know, the, the uh, uh, that one session. But I know I, I spoke to the players about the the previous instance of this, and they said it wasn't the case. They said that that like no, they understood that we were having to, you know, go through and, and set things up and, and whatever. And um, I guess, and the, the reason that I, um, I the this most recent one was uh, was. You know, I, I has been sticking with me is because it's someone who's made some very insightful observations on the channel before. You know, about the way that I run games and, and so forth, or, or at least the intent that I had behind things. They recognize that one of the things I like doing on the channel is explaining things. You know, is is uh, explaining to the players and, and you know by by 
proxy explain to the, the viewers at home, this is what's happening in this game mechanically, this is why we're doing this, and then, then we jump back into the game and, and, you know, carry on going. I like teaching people the game, both, you know, uh, or games, both the people, my players and also the viewers at home. And um, so it, it, was, it was really, um, I don't know, it, it was uh, uh, upsetting, I guess, is maybe, because I wasn't mad, I was more uh, hurt, which sounds weird coming that a stranger who hurt my feelings about this. Um, but I mean, it, it was, you know, I mean, it was something that um, I did not, uh, I, I didn't feel that was fair criticism of this. And the comment was generally, it wasn't directed towards me, and it wasn't, I, I felt a constructive thing of, hey, you know, um, maybe you could do trying to feed to the players more or something like that. It was, I wish the DM would talk less and that let the players talk more, which gave the impression as if I was talking over the players and not allowing them to get involved in role-playing stuff. And, um, you know, I guess the other thing that really uh, irked me about that is that typically in my games, uh, I, um, uh, I enjoy letting the players actually, you know, um, pursue whatever goals they want for things. I like letting them uh, go through and uh, and do whatever they want to do. Like if they, they happen to latch onto a PC, I'm happy to spend time with that. And, you know, um, one of the reasons why my campaigns in general don't necessarily progress through material terribly quickly is that we, um, you know, we often, uh, I, I, because I let players smell the roses, you know, I always refer to it as that, that that's what they're doing is, is they're just letting them play the scene out. So, so to, again, like that—that that kind of criticism it just—it felt uh, really uh, like an unfair assessment of the overall body of work, I guess. But the thing is, is you know, um, so here let's talk about what I, what I did in response. So what I have decided to do is that when I get shitty comments like that, uh, or or other just 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 you know jerk comments in any way, like I we had someone where in an intro in one of our games we made a reference to. Uh, to saying that um, we didn't want people to, um, you know, to there's someone playing a disabled character, so we made a comment about like, look, this isn't meant as a, you know, um, a trivializing kind of thing. We're going to do this in the most respectful way. And some non-subscriber just put down, you know, virtue signal harder. And so, of course, he's an asshole. So what what I decided to do, and I I, I can't remember who I took this from, but another YouTuber had mentioned that, like, this is not a public forum, like, it's not, I don't owe you anything to let you vent your, your own bullshit comments in my comment section, it's my space, and I'm choosing to, you know, let stay there, or put out there what I want, so I delete them, like, I delete them, and I mute people, uh, and it's a wonderful fucking feeling, you know, like, it doesn't get away from you actually reading those comments, and you'll, you know, some, some of them will stew longer than others, um, but, uh, you know, a, a YouTube channel is not a fucking public forum, you know, it is your opportunity to express, to create something and express what you want to be doing there in the same way that a podcast is too. And if someone else doesn't agree with that, get your own fucking channel, get your own fucking podcast and, um, and present whatever you want there, you know, and, uh, that's something that I think that, um, you know, I mean, again, like I'm, I am, my, my YouTube channel has 1100 subscribers, give or take right now. So it's not like I'm, you know, dealing with hundreds of comments every day or anything like that. So it's not like I need to, I'm myself able to go through and, and monitor the chat and monitor the, uh, the comment section and then, uh, you know, uh, edit the things that I feel are appropriate or whatnot. But, 
Um, but that's the way that I deal with it. I don't want, if, if there's something that is a legitimate criticism, I will keep it on the channel and I'll respond to it and I'll respond to them. I try to respond to every comment that I get on the channel, whether it's good, bad, or whatever, so long as I feel it's a fair criticism. But when it's something that I don't feel like my responding to it is going to add any substantive um, value to it. Like I, I did have someone comment years, uh, a couple of years back, um, a thing I've struggled with for, you know, my entire childhood and adult life is how quickly I speak. You know, it's been an intentional, uh, constantly ongoing project for me to, to moderate how fast I talk. And you can see looking back on my, you know, my YouTube channel, if you see my videos from two years ago, I'm like an auctioneer compared to how I am now. I still talk a little quickly when I get too excited, but I have made a concerted effort to try and slow down. And someone did make a, a comment on that about like, look, you really need to slow down and blah, blah, blah. And I left that comment and I responded to it in a constructive kind of, hey, thanks for the comment. I, it's something I struggle with and blah, blah, blah. And I heard back from them from another positive thing. So there ended up being this really good dialogue between them rather than, you know, a um, just some shitty commenter of like, you need to talk, you know, slower, you need to edit your videos or some other bullshit comment that, well, you know, if I've put it up on the channel and I'm not editing it, then that should fucking tell you the answer to your bullshit question. So you're all you're doing is just throwing some shitty comment that's going to get deleted and you're going to get muted. So I don't have to hear from you again on the channel. So, um, so, so the reason I want to bring that stuff up is for one, um, you know, uh, if you elect to like, you shouldn't take that because you get shitty comments because you're never going to get shitty comments. Um, you know, it is completely possible to have those comments come to process them without them being part, you know, becoming attached to you and part of you and, you know, and have them affect your, the way that you are creating your material. You know, um, you can't prevent them from being posted, but you certainly can just get the fuck rid of them, you know, and that is a really, it's a really positive thing. And, and it's weird, you know, like one of the things that I found was as soon as that person uh, posted that thing, I deleted it. This particular person then went from liking that particular video, he went in and changed it to an unlike and unsubscribe from the channel. And that's unfortunate, but you know what? I mean, the, at the end of the day, uh, it's not, if they're not enjoying the content, um, without leaving shitty, you know, uh, comments like that, uh, then the, you know, it's, I, I don't want them as a subscriber anyway. I don't, that's not the community that I want to be part of. And what's happened in the, in the couple of days after that. And, and I, I really have tried to not link my valuation of this YouTubing and, you know, experience that I'm doing with how many subscribers I have, but I did pick up four new subscribers, you know, in the time since that person left. So, eh, you know, like subscribers come and go. And what you can control is the space that you're creating for that. And what that means sometimes is uprooting some, some, you know, people who may not be, it's not that they're bad actors necessarily, but they're just not uh, genuine actors. So that can, that can definitely affect the, um, I don't know, it can affect the, uh, the community or the experience that you're trying to create there. That sounds really flaky too, but I mean, you know, anyone who's doing any YouTubing whatsoever, whether it's streaming games or whether it's just posting commentary or whatever the fuck they're doing, uh, it is a creative endeavor. It's an, ex an expression of the self that you're putting out there for someone else to enjoy. And when you do get comment like that, it is really hard to not take that as a comment on yourself. So I guess, um, what's my, my, my response here is that, you know, recognizing that there is a degree of self-selection in terms of what you are 
choosing to keep in your, you know, of those things that rattle around in your head? You know, are you keeping those comments about you talking too much or you doing whatever else? The things that that may have, um, may frame or shape the way that you're going to be creating your material in a positive or negative way, you know. Um, Setting up self-imposed guidelines or fences is not a bad thing. Setting up, you know, barbs to hit up against is not helpful, you know, and, um, one of the things, well, I guess, the, I don't know. I mean, partly this is, is a sort of a way of putting myself, you know, putting my experience out there and, and how I'm dealing with this and processing these things uh, is a way of hopefully getting more people to, you know, if you are doing this yourself or you're doing it as well, that this is a way of, um, that you can, you know, you can manage that kind of the inevitable, you know, barbs that you're going to hit up against. Um and also a way of, of maybe thinking about the, what you're putting out there. You don't owe anybody anything uh, in terms of putting yourself in a public forum. If you're putting something out there in your in YouTube, in Twitch, in, uh, pod, in any kind of podcast platform or whatnot, um, you absolutely do not owe anyone anything. You owe you've put that out there. If they how they choose to respond to that is 100% on them. Um, and sometimes the responses may help you and, and you know, it may be something that you val- that is of value for further creation. Um, and sometimes it's just stuff that, you know, um, is just not helpful. And you deciding what the line is between what you choose to, to include and to incorporate into your, whatever you're creating, uh, is, you know, I, I think, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know. What I can tell you is going through this and talking about this in the in the course of this particular episode, I already feel better. You know, I already feel better with helping me thinking through why it is I've made that self-selection. And maybe part of that is just me justifying myself, it's talking myself into why I'm doing that, but I don't think that's the case. I think that, you know, recognizing that it is my my channel is my channel. And, and not only the... Uh, the content of the videos, the responses that I'm getting to those things uh, that are hosted on my channel, that is completely within my control. And I, I have ultimate selection over what goes over and what does not. If someone chooses to make a response video to something I've done or said or whatever else, or, a, a, you know, should talk me on Twitter or something like that. And, and again, like, I don't think that any of this would elevate to that level. It's, it certainly is not someone who has a, um, you know, a, uh, is care, you know, carrying a, a, a torch to, to try and burn, you know, what I've built to the ground or any shit like that. This is someone who did in, in past provide some really thoughtful commentary, which is why I found the, that particular comment, um, so, uh, troubling, uh, because it just did not feel like a, a, a fair assessment of what was going on. Uh, not only in the terms of them not seeing what I was trying to do, which completely could be on me, you know, like that I did not communicate clearly enough to the viewers what I was doing in that session, but, you know, I just don't think it was a fair response to it that, uh, you know, I wish the DM would talk less and let the players uh, play more, so, I don't know, but, anyway, um, so if if anything else, you know, uh, if you are creating your own stuff currently, and maybe I'm just echoing stuff you've already realized is, is true for yourself, but, um, if you are creating this stuff and, and you inevitably, or you're thinking of it, 
you know, there, there certainly is a positive way to, to sort of cultivate your garden. If you're bringing people in to show them what you've got, uh, you do not need to let all of them stay there. You don't let to let, need to let those things stay with you. And it's healthy to, to think about, um, you know, uh, whether you, uh, interacting with those people is going to lead to a more... Um, is going to be beneficial for your overall creative endeavors. And, and like sometimes there will be tough love stuff. Like hearing that, uh, the comment about me speaking too quickly, because I know damn well that that's a problem I've had too, my initial response was, fuck you. And then I stopped and thought about it and was like, no, I think this person is trying to say something helpful here. So let me respond in a constructive way. And then there was some really good back and forth on it. So, you know, it's going to be a judgment call on yourself as to whether or not uh, you respond in a productive way, and that, that that's and and that doesn't guarantee they're they're going to res- you know respond in kind. They may respond with, you can't control how people respond to whatever you're doing. All you can do is control how you are responding to their response, I suppose. So, um, so anyway, that's that's sort of what I wanted to talk about because I was thinking about you know um, I was thinking about how we cultivate the voices in our head as it were or the 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 things that we're going to choose to respond and we can't ultimately control you know there's gonna be things that get in there that we're just gonna have with us for forever there's things i've heard like for instance uh, i i when i was in grade six so this is you know more than 25 years ago i had a professor uh, or a teacher and this is back when i was in uh, undergrad or not undergrad in uh, elementary school he commented that uh made us all sit and sit for one full fucking minute watch the minute tick by and then he said that is a minute you will never get back you will never be able to live that one minute in any different way than what you just did and that has shaped so much of how I approach life uh, and it will be with me until my dying day and like what a fucked up thing to tell a young kid but that's the you know, that's, that's uh, just something that makes up the part of my psyche. I've, I intentionally held off telling my son that story until he was an old enough age that it wouldn't lodge up there like some kind of, you know, barnacle. Um, but, uh, or potentially lodge up there like some kind of barnacle. Uh, but the thing is, is there are, in a lot of ways, there are things that we can choose to, to keep in our lives and not keep in our lives, whether personally or whether publicly, you know, if you're doing some kind of public endeavor. And I would encourage you to just make your own decision as to what you're choosing to keep around you. You know, if it's something that is not going to be adding a constructive bit of, um, you know, a constructive bit of feedback and friends who will tell you when things are good or bad, like that is a very, very different thing uh, than that. You know, the saying that smooth seas make poor sailors is, uh, I think, a very apt uh, saying, you know, that you need to be challenged in order to become a better person and whatever you're trying to do, you know, a challenge is something that makes you a better person. Um, muscles get bigger by being exercised, you know, brains get stronger by being challenged and, uh, skills get better with practice and, uh, by put being pushed to the limit. So, you know, you do need to have feedback, but you got to decide whether it is a constructive bit of feedback and not. And in particular online, the internet is a vast and wide ocean, so if you choose to shut down one voice, there will be many, many, many more out there that will be happy to take its place. So, anyway, thanks for listening for this segment. I, I really appreciate it. This, um, it, like I said, I mean, I wanted to really try and make something positive out of this, and not just me bitching about a couple people saying shitty things on online. And uh, 
Uh, I hope this is, is helpful for, for your own endeavors. And, and if you've been on the fence as to whether or not to get involved with something like, you know, putting yourself out there in terms of streaming, either playing in a game or running games yourselves, you know, I, I hope this helps in making a decision as to how you can manage the, the more rocky parts of uh, putting yourself out there online. So that is that. Uh, a couple call-ins and then some thoughts on managing the, um, the, the, I guess, the voices that you have in your, in your online community. Um, as always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns regarding this episode, please don't hesitate to shoot me a message on Anchor, or you can uh, reach me on Twitter at Dungeon Musings. Uh, you can shoot me an email at dungeonmusings at gmail.com, or you can find me on the uh, Dungeon Musings YouTube channel. Um, until next time then, folks, thanks again for listening, and happy gaming.